right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Keeping It Real Estate with your hosts, Colin Schwartz and Chris Palmerloo. Chris, what's up, man? That's me clapping for you guys. Oh, yeah. (laughs) All right. If if there's anything that says why I'm going to be excited about that, it's that intro right there. We're already getting clapped at. uh, I know. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we have a great group of guests today. Couple, Dwight and Emily, cycle bar owners, entrepreneurs, and former, well, I'll let them tell you about it. Oh, gosh. I know. Professional wrestler. Professional, professional wrestler. Is it professional though? I got paid to do it. So yes. Okay. Take that. Professional Bud Dwight. <laughs> I love that name. All right, guys. Tell us about yourselves. You start, babe. No, you start. Babe. Oh my gosh. She's so nervous. Oh, this is nice. Uh, yeah. So I don't know how much time we have here, but little, I'll try wrapping it up. So I'm Dwight, um, born on a cold May. This is why you no, go I'm first. Just- <laughs> then I can just go real quick. <laughs> Uh, no, born and raised Columbus, Nebraska, and then um, we'll skip to living in Louisville, Kentucky, where, as Colin mentioned, professional wrestler or aspiring, aspiring professional wrestler, tore my labrum in my left shoulder two years later, my right shoulder, which led me to taking a class at Cycle Bar, which the first class I ever took was my lovely wife, Emily's class. She was teaching it and she just could not stop staring at me um, while the class was going on. And then the whole romantic story, we fell in love and like six months later, moved to Omaha, Nebraska and opened up a Cycle Bar. Oh, that's beautiful. Impressive. Emily, what's your side of the story? <laughs> yeah, it's a little different. <laughs> Um, so I am from Washington, DC, born and raised. Uh, I got a master's in journalism from Northwestern and became an editor at a B2B publishing company in Louisville, Kentucky. Um, and I always did like indoor cycling on the side, but then I was like, I want to make this my full-time thing. So quit my job as the editor and started teaching fitness full-time. Then Dwight walks into my class Looked awful on the bike, um, (laughs) but he wanted to be an instructor. And so I was part of the training team. So I helped him. uh, He calls me his sensei. So I helped him learn everything he knows to become an instructor along the way. We fell in love and he was like, let's move to Nebraska. Uh, Emily's got her varying. Oh, my foot just made my, uh, see that? Yeah. Just made my uh, skills. skills. Um, Emily's got her varying viewpoints on Nebraska, which we may or may not get into. But mm, being from Columbus, sure. I knew that Cycle Bar, there's nothing like this in Omaha and what it could bring to the community. And uh, yeah, we said, let's do it. So Bud Dwight, I used to work for Anheuser-Busch. And instead of Bud Light, Bud Dwight, like whew, marketing genius right that there. Is. And it was the party starter yeah, because it was the party, like starter. The party. W- yeah. Was it almost like a Stone Cold Steve Austin where you just come in and smash the beers and just start chugging? <laughs> I wish, but Stone Cold is just so much more of a badass than I am. Oh, I, am I will admit that. Okay. Um, so you'd pour it in the glass and take sips out of it? Um, yeah, something like that. <laughs> Some like party poppers. Yeah. Yeah. That's so, cool. So yeah, that was the, uh, the dream to be a pro wrestler. But with cycling, it's kind of... There's a lot of similarities, which is surprising because I'm still like entertaining when I'm on the bike, but you're also like inspiring people and helping them escape maybe a shitty day, which wrestling, like the wrestling fans go there, like this is their outlet. So same thing for working out. A lot of people go to work out. It's just like, man, I, you know, the kids, the wife, the, the, the school, the, the job, whatever it is, like, I just need to decompress. So that allows them that same outlet, which people get from wrestling and knowing there was nothing like that here is like. Hey, Emily, we've been together for like three months. You want to get into $500,000 worth of debt, sign a 10 year franchise agreement and move to Omaha? <laughs> yes. That's a lot of love to, to just. That's what they call like 
blind love yeah. or whatever. Like yeah. the first three months, like had it been like years of dating, I would have said no, but I was like blindly in love and I'm like, yeah, let's this move is to Nebraska yeah. and open our own business. And sometimes you just got to jump. Yeah. So how'd you go from a, a, an editor to a cycling instructor? Because I think a lot of people, like I've talked about it, like I love fitness. I want to be a personal trainer, open a gym. Like I, I still have it. Like my thesis that I did for college was written on opening like a large gym, et cetera, and just all sorts of different health behaviors. But I never made that jump. What, what how, how did you get inspired to make that jump? Like what, what drove you to it? Um, I think I started teaching like when I was in college and it was like a one class a week type of thing. And I always thought that you had to have like your big girl job, like especially growing up in DC, it's all about what you do and how much money you make. So I was like on that path to just like make money and have the good job. So my parents could brag about me. Um, but I found myself at work, like making playlists and wanting to teach more classes. And I would like literally take days off work to teach classes. And then I was like, Emily, like, you clearly know what makes you happy versus what is giving you a paycheck. And there's a difference. So it took me like six months. I got certified in every format, like Pilates, yoga, indoor cycling. I was already teaching. So that way I could make the shift. And I just taught everything in order to be able to like financially support myself. Um, but it did get to a point where I was teaching 18, 20 classes a week in order to live. And then I feel like it's like divine intervention. Cause then Dwight took my class and he's always wanted to be a business owner. And I would have never taken that leap myself, but I knew it wasn't sustainable. So then when he came in my life and was like, no, I think we could do it. It was like, that's the next step. That's impressive. It takes, it takes a, a unique arrangement for a married couple to start business and working it together. I mean, we're only two years into marriage, five years into business ownership. So I feel like we're not the people to like give advice on it yet, but. Uh, well, I think we can give advice. I just don't know if it's good advice. Well, well, for two years, no. it's worked. Well, no, it's for five, for five, five years. years. That's impressive. Five years of yeah. business yeah. ownership. Yes. That, yeah. I mean, if you got married after still owning the business for three years, that means it's meant to be. Yeah. I mean, that wasn't the plan. COVID definitely deterred our wedding three for times. two years, but two, yeah. it, it all worked out. That's impressive. That's awesome. So tell us how the, how many have opened here? How'd that business transition look? Why Omaha? What, what happened there? So Omaha was just, we, we put together a list of eight cities, I think that did not have cycle bar. So cycle bar is a franchise and the, that was where we worked in Kentucky. So it just kind of made sense. Use a business model that has franchise backing to do that and then find the market where we didn't want to go to like a Denver or Chicago that already had two or three open and then just try, you know, blending in with them or even competing internally. So with Omaha, it's like, okay, this can sustain one. We do have the rights to maybe open a second one if it, you know, fruition is what it's meant to be in like Papillion or downtown, but we'll cross that bridge when it comes. But it's like, okay, let's go to a market that's untapped. So knowing I'm from Columbus, I went to Lincoln, have a, have a connections here. So why not use your resources? And that's how we ended up picking Omaha. Yeah. I, I feel we like came you, once. I think we came for a wedding and we spent the weekend and then that was all I saw. I didn't even go to downtown Omaha, but again, I was like blindly in love. So I'm like, it's cute enough. Like we can totally do it. <laughs> um, and so, so yeah, trust in me that this, I think uh, this the lack the of competition was our biggest thing. Like oh, we wanted course. to open it somewhere where we would be sense. competing with like a soul cycle or a flywheel um, and bring that type of business to uh, a location that hadn't didn't have it. So are you guys still teaching? Do you teach classes? Yes. yes. So 18 to 20 hours a week, that's, that's working out. 
Is that, is that fun? Is that exhausting? You were Pilates it, too at When that I time. used to do it, it was yeah. exhausting. Yes. Um, I taught different formats, like some cycling, you do the workout Pilates, mm -hmm. you don't do it. So it was a nice like balance, but gotcha. it was exhausting. Now we've cut down. I only teach four to five classes a week now I do four, and he teaches four. So it's gotten much more manageable. Okay. You said soul cycle, compare and contrast those. What are, what are some of the differences? What does cycle bar all offer? So cycle bar is much more focused on the technology side of things. So have you, Taken a soul cycle class, either of you? Yeah. I've taken cycling classes, but not a not a soul cycle. Okay. So they don't have any stats technology. So you can't monitor like your power or your miles or any of that or calories. At Cycle Bar, we have monitors on the bike and they connect to an app. So after class, you can literally track all of your stats. So similar to like a Peloton. Um, Orange Theory esque. Yes. Yeah. We don't have the heart rate monitor, but if you have one, it will sync up to your bike and then you get all of your stats after. So that's like the biggest, we have two TVs right up front and it has like a leaderboard. So you can similar to orange theory, like see where you rank in class. That's great. And then I would say never taking a soul cycle class, but just seeing video as well. You are side by side, like shoulder to shoulder to your neighbor where at cycle bar, you get a little bit more of a bubble of space. And also I'll use the word cycle bar is much more approachable. We're not going crazy RPMs out of the saddle where you look, you're like, what is going on with that? Or like taking our hands off the bike and doing crazy choreography. So from a beginner's viewpoint, it's much more approachable, but then also with having nine different instructors, you find your flavor. So some instructors might do a little more choreo, others might ground you a little bit more. So that's what's nice is you do get the opportunity to find who you vibe with and then go from there. Who's the ideal individual that goes to Cycle Bar besides everybody? But I mean, who, who do you typically have go in there and why, why do you guys start? Why'd you guys start going there? Why'd you start pick Cycle Bar? Well, so cycle bar corporate says the core demo is like a female between like 18 and to 45, 55. 50, yeah. yeah. Um, and we definitely see that like we're majority female. We're trying to tap into the male market, but um, yeah, what are you guys doing tonight? 545. Yeah, I'll be there. Yeah. I, I teach a throwback there. Thursday class. I so. love it, man. Yeah. So yeah, mostly female. Um, that would definitely be like our core demo. And I would say from a fitness or health perspective, everyone thinks about the physical and it, like, I would say, are you just struggling anywhere mentally to just get a grasp on, you know, whatever your mental health is and also just starting like that's the type of person that really gravitates towards us because, um, I'm just going to say it. We, 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 call ourselves the Island of Misfit Toys because a lot of times other people will go to these other gyms. I won't say any names, but they walk in there just a number as they walk in. When you walk mm -hmm. into Cycle Bar West Omaha, I know who I'm talking to. I'm like, hey, Chris, how's it going? Hey, Colin, how's it going? How was the podcast today? Like, we know more about you. So we really cater towards making sure people fit in. And if you are the type of person that wants to like have that, this big status to like brag about, oh, I have a Louis Vuitton or whatever it is, like that is not us. So we honestly like, pull ourselves back from that type of personality. No, it's, it's amazing. The, the difference that a culture can make at a gym. So Chris and I, we were going to one CrossFit gym, we won't name. And within about a month and a half, we left, it was just workouts were great. We felt amazing after doing it, but the entire vibe of the instructors, then the members, it just became very depressing. Like they're, they're almost like antagonizing mm -hmm. it, it, You know, I've been working out for a while and been to multiple CrossFit gyms. And I was like, what? why is this? Like, why is everybody so miserable? You could tell they did not want to be there. They'd get out immediately. They didn't offer any instructions. As soon as it hit 559, all right, you guys have one minute, got to get out of here. 
Then I started going to another CrossFit gym. It was the complete opposite. The members there came up to me because the coaches told them that they weren't going to be there. So they introduced themselves to me like a different level of customer service to exactly what you were saying, have that personalization. And honestly, it's, it is mentally, it's just showing up. Like that's, that's what I tell them some days I've got injuries, you know, I don't feel good. I slept two hours, um, you know, the night before sucked, whatever it was and just showing up and having those like solid interactions with people are just so profound. Sweating is great as well, but I don't know that, that that's amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. We, we give permission. I think oh, the majority ahead. of people that show up to our class show up for the workout, but so much more for the community. Like everyone has gotten to know each other that like I teach a class on Sundays and people show up 30 minutes before just to just sit to in the lobby out. and hang out. And yeah. then they're there for at least 30 minutes after hanging out. That's cool. And it's like, that is so much more impactful than just the 45 minutes you spend working out. It's the social aspect. So yeah. like you, you mentioned Peloton earlier, you're by yourself at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, we have a Peloton at home and don't get me wrong. I've used it, uh, um, but you're by yourself. Yeah. Like even worse, uh, I have a very nice CrossFit gym at home, like all rogue, everything's just ready to go. But if you're by yourself, I mean, the workout will be like five sets of four and I'll be like, I've done four sets. That's probably enough. <laughs> yeah, but, that's good. That's and, better than yeah, nothing. When everybody's yeah. around just rooting mm-hmm. for each other. And especially if you talked about people showing up early and hanging out like that, that was the big difference just between those two gyms. Um, you can just tell that if you want to be there, I like the Island of Misfit toys too. That's great. It's, it's calling out your demo. Like it's not a knock at anyone. Cause I, love our members they are all amazing and it's giving people a chance it's like it's like adopting a dog that has been you know abused or abandoned it's just like that dog just needs a chance it's just like people just need an opportunity to go into a place not be judged like oh i can work out and i can be welcome and like this is fun yeah just yeah i think it's so important i mean all of us have bad days and you know i've been in a real good routine in the past six months and Every morning I'm in the sauna, I'm doing breathing. I step in my cold plunge, like I have to every day. And it's for the mental portion of it. L- literally that's it. You know, they talk about cold plunges help with inflammation. For me, it just helps my mind. Like, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a crazy son of a bitch when I wake up <laughs> and being able to tame that tiger to calm it down, just to be able to think clearly throughout the day, handle my emotions. It's so important. Same with going to any gym. You don't want to go in there and be looked at and just like ridicule. They're just like people walk away from you. You want to feel welcome because regardless, the first time you go to any gym, you're going to feel a little, little bit intimidated. You don't know the workouts, you know, it's going to be hard. Um, so even just getting the mental aspect to be there is tough. So just making a welcoming community. That's, that's awesome. And it contributes to the energy in the class. Like we have 36 bikes and in a full class, like again, everyone knows each other. So they're cheering each other on They're yelling, yelling. And just the energy in the room is like, Unmatched. You can't get that in your basement. You can't. Yeah, you can't. Get and that's it not a knock on Peloton. I do think there is a place for Peloton. If you have four kids and you have a busy schedule, you just it, you have to cut an hour and a half out of your day to travel to and from the gym, get the class in. So I get it for those people like more power to you. But I honestly don't even view them as competition because they're just two such different things when yeah. you go by yourself towards the community aspect. But the, so, the social aspect of what you're offering is so powerful that those people that think they may not be able to fit that hour, hour and a half in may start fitting that into their lives. Cause like, Holy cow, it's positively affecting my mental health and just my life in general. Like if you work that long day and you either hate your job or you you're stressed out from being home with the kids all day or whatever, you're like, I can't wait to that four o'clock cycle bar mm-hmm. class. Like I just mm-hmm. want to be with my, with my click. It's yeah. so cr- There are literally people that say yeah. like, say that to us. Like, I've like, been looking for the forward to this all day. Yeah. I think that 
you open a gym or you do fitness in the beginning because it's fitness and you know, it's good for you. But like the reason I fell in love with cycle bar was the mental aspect. Like it literally riding a bike saved my life because I had things going on in my life. And I found cycle bar and that 45 minutes that I got in a dark room to move my body to music with other people is just like, it's so much bigger than just working out. That's awesome. So when's the second one going to be open? Um, that's a great question. It's a great question. Once you guys come and join the first one, I like it. No, I, I'm thinking about it. You know, it's, what's also interesting. And I don't know, I'm, I'm now using a study and kind of making similarities that I don't know exist. And you guys have probably seen it. Um, the, somebody did a study and they said that if you're sitting next to a high performer, just sitting next to a high performer, your productivity and your performance goes up 15% just by sitting next to somebody and being in proximity. This has gone up 15% just sitting next yeah, to Yeah, dude, it's, it's actually 45%. It's actually 45% with all three of you. But if you're Don't sitting- 60. But, oh, 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 there's right? Danny yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah, but we keep her on the other side. No, thanks, Danny. Um, but the, on the other side, they found that if you sit next to people that are low performers or distractions, the productivity of you as an individual goes down 30%. Just by being in proximity, they studied like 57,000 people. I wish I could remember the actual study, but you think about that, you can go to the bar or you can go to the cycle bar. You can go complain about your day and your job, or you can go do something about it. And I, I think that's, I mean, really, those are the, those are your two options. What, what do you want to do? We all have that time. Like, I understand we're all busy, busy as shit, multiple businesses, three kids. Like I get it. Like we're all busy, but you're either going to sit on the couch and do something or assimilate with people that are not doing anything. or You're going to go out there and try to uh, produce better results and be a better person. So I just, I, I think it's just so similar and it relates to everything in life. Yeah. Busy is just an excuse. Yeah. I, I like to say you just don't, it's not a priority for you. If you want to yeah. make it a priority. You'll make it happen. Yeah. You can sleep less and that sucks. Like I get it. Sleep is incredibly important, but there, there are points where you have to say, okay, I got to get out of bed. I got to exercise because then eventually your sleep's going to get better because your diet's going to get better and everything's going to get better from it. Exactly. I just think if you literally, every person that makes, I'm too busy. If you took, I look at their days, I would say like 90% of them are full of shit. And it's just like, no, your priorities just aren't to work out, which that's fine, but don't say you're too busy. Cause that's an excuse. Yeah, You need to be real with yourself. It, yeah. It's just prioritization. And then yeah. unfortunately, like, I feel like I'm pretty like a straight shooter as my wife would say. And then I'm, I'm a dickhead when I say stuff like that, but I'm just like, I'm just calling, calling no, as true. I see it. Like here's what it is. To hear, though. Yeah. yeah. It, it's true. You, you got to take accountability for what it is. If you're spending 30 minutes on the crap or looking at Facebook, yeah, like that's your choice mm -hmm. that that's how you want to spend your day. You could do, be doing 30 minutes of burpees and feel a hell of a lot better. Not while on the crapper though. That'd no, get messy. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It's a, it's a better result. 15 and 15. Um, so Tell me about kind of starting the business. Had you, had you started any businesses before? Like what, what did that journey look like? And you went from saying that I'm going to be an instructor. This is great. Like I'm living my best life. Being a business owner is very, very different. A little more stressful. Learn, <laughs> learn a lot on the yeah. fly. Um, so definitely wasn't a smooth process. I never really, she said I wanted to be a business owner. I don't know if that's true. It's more so like working in Anaheim. You literally Bush. always said I'm too smart to work for someone else. That is exactly mm. what I said. 100% <laughs> true. Because I would see at the end of the day, I'm like, I'm making. And now you work, and, for, and now you work for your wife. Huh? Exactly. 100%. Yes. yes. You know what marriage is, right? Yes. <laughs> okay, perfect. No, our 100%. dynamic is not like that. Actually. <laughs> um, luckily I'm the one that does the payroll. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I was just like seeing that 
the millions of dollars a company makes. I'm like, I'm making 0.0000001% of that. Like I can do this. And you'll get a 3% increase in a year if you do your if, job really well. Lucky. Yeah, if really well. If you're you lucky. two weeks vacation. Yeah, so I will uh, I will say it was a lot of, you know, trial by fire and learning. Shout out to uh, Blake Lawrence, Adi Kanalik, who Danny knows, really good friends of mine who owned, heard that social media, sold that, and now own Open Doors, which is in the NIL industry. So really, anytime I had a question, like they were mentors for me that I could bounce stuff off them, which was just a huge help. And then you just kind of, you do it. Like Nike. Well, I think, um, <laughs> the reason we chose Cycle Bar as well was because the franchise, which yeah. now in it, you could say different things, but at the time it made it easy because they had a process. So it's like, you fill out the application, you get approved, you go learn about the brand the and they literally like, here are the specs, here's your architect. So they make it like a way more approachable way to enter business ownership. Um, but at the end of the day, the work just comes down to you. So, yeah, but it's, it's a whole, I, I view that as the coaching mechanism. You know, you can start it in real estate. You can get started in whatever you want to. If you have a coach kind of walking you through it, that's kind of the franchise model. Of course they, yeah. they get a, they get some of the money, Exactly. but, but starting it all by yourself is tough. And then in hindsight, you can say, now that I know what I'm saying, maybe I can branch off. Right. That's fine, but it's way different when you're starting. Yeah. In the I'm, beginning, having the franchise to help us was. It's like having a Lego set. That's like gives you an instruction to build the castle mm -hmm. versus yeah. here's the Legos. There's no directions to build the castle. Good luck. Yeah. I mean, Alex Ramosi talks about it all the time. As we were saying, he, he looks at buying businesses that have, I think have like one or $2 million of revenue minimum or some structured platform to build off of. Yep. So you're not having to recreate everything. I mean, I started a property management company from scratch. I had to learn bookkeeping. It, it, the, the amount of crap that you have to learn that is important. But if you could step into a franchise or something that actually has those put together and you don't have to learn it, will actually allow you to focus on the business. Yeah. Um, what, what is it, what did it look like? If you don't mind, we don't have to get any exact numbers, but just curious on like financing, all that, what did cycle bar finance it? Like how, how does that work? Like, do you have to bring like 10% down and then so is it bank financing? Have, you have to have to even like be considered, you have to have a certain number of net worth and a certain number of liquid asset. So I don't remember um, those numbers, but yeah, it was okay. high, very yeah. high. Uh, shout out to my parents. We would not be doing we this without We couldn't do them. this out without her parents. Cool. Um, that happens probably for most startups. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think it's so hard if you want to be an entrepreneur. Like we would not be where we are if my parents hadn't blessed us. Yeah. So I am fully aware of that. But yeah, so basically you have to prove that you have the initial startup costs. And then we took out a bank loan for a half a million dollars. Um, and then. So that was all us. I won't say we didn't get like their parents, her parents helped us to be like the money side if yeah. shit yeah. goes south. Yeah. But like it was all on us. And Cycle Bar does none. Like you just literally pay them your royalties. They don't help oh. you in any way. Yeah. Like you have to do all of the financing. So the bank loan was totally Dwight and I. Gotcha. Um, and then they have a model where you try to, you do a pre-sale. So before you're open, you try to sell X number of memberships. So that way when you're open, you're already making money. Um, which we did. So we opened with 400 members. Oh, wow. Yeah. In Holy November. cow. That's yeah. Awesome. And it's a huge leg up because you open That's and you insane. already have the EF, the recurring Isn't that revenue. a ton? 400. I thought you were going to say like 40 or something. Come 400. On, is, Come on, yeah. man. Bud Dwight, you brought Jeez, the belt. You, thought it was me. you brought 40, the belt. Did you God. say the champs here? Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, you can't see me. It's just Emily over here. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So 400 members, we opened in November, 2019. Um, and then we grew to about 500 members and then COVID. So, and we dropped to like 122, but it's a strong start to this is like one of the cool things though, talking about community. 
So we'd been open for four months. We didn't know what the fuck we were doing. We're just learning as we go. And we still hadn't created that personal relationship with all of these people, but we had to send that email on like, uh, St. Patty's day, I think, or like then March 14th or March 15th was the day. Yeah. And then we said like, Hey y'all, like we're going to have to freeze everyone's account because we don't know what's going on with the world. And like, I get emotional with it. Like 120 (laughs) people emailed and said, please keep my account keep charging me every month, even though we don't have classes. Yeah. Yeah. It was absolutely insane. Um, but we, we, uh, opened, we closed for a week and then we opened 10 days later with 10 person classes because those were the regulations. And then ever since then we've just rebuilding. That was, that was like a learning lesson. It's just like pivot because it was like, we failure is not an option. Mm -hmm. Omaha said you can have 10 person gatherings. So we were the only cycle bar nationwide out of like 280 locations for two months that was open. That's wow. awesome. We contacted corporate like, are we the stupidest people in the room or the smartest <laughs> people in the room? I think when you have a half a million dollar loan, you're going to do whatever you yeah. have to do to pay it off. So yeah, we started doing 10 person classes, recording content on just like hit workouts that people could do. Like, it was just like, what can we provide you value with? What are some of those classes? So you, you, you kind of went through them, but like explain some of the different Pilates or the hit or like what are the different classes you offer? So now it's just indoor. We just do indoor cycling, but we have like five, five different formats. Yeah. So you have like a classic ride, which you have an upper body song. So we have weight bars. So we'll do, it's a 45 minute class and you do about five minutes of upper body. You do, we have a connect class, which is no numbers. It's literally just about the music, a performance class, which is obviously very stats driven, very strength driven. It's much more of like a performance for people who love like the intense workout. That's going to be your class. Um, Our empower class is again, just very strength focused. And then foundations is the class that's for beginners. So it's much more like learn the basics of riding the bike. We do choreo. So it kind of goes over the movement um, and stuff like that. All 45 minute classes. And then express. Yeah. We do express classes. We launched those with COVID. What's that like 30 minutes? 30 30 minutes. Cool. Yeah. So we have 45 minute classes and then express classes. This episode is brought to you by Raven. This is a company that we're affiliated with. So our business, Eleven Wealth, is a part of this business. And we are so excited for this opportunity. Uh, what this is, is a real estate company that invests into value-add opportunities and in the process actually installs solar implementation into the buildings. And so we decarbonize the atmosphere. We also install low flow uh, water conservation mechanisms, and we have a social aspect to it as well. Raven allows investors to get into real estate for as low as $250. We have plenty of investors who've invested a lot more than that, but the minimums on this are only $250. There's a 10% return on that money and it's backed by real estate. So I just really stress people to go to joinraven.com. That's uh, joinraven, R-A-Y-V-E-N.com. Take a look at the website. It's fantastic what we're doing, not only as investors, but obviously for the planet. Uh, joinraven.com, it's phenomenal. Cool. Yeah, that that's interesting that you guys were one of the only ones open. I remember saying that to my wife too. I mean, because I had quit my job like a year before and we just had our third child and she worked at the schools. So she no longer had a job. I was an entrepreneur working out of my basement, had like two employees at the time, me and your partners. And I'm just like, okay, what, what, what do we do? Like th- there's two options here. You know, I was talking to a lot of other investors, property managers, they're like, you know, we're expecting 50% of residents to pay 50% of residents pay, dude, I'm, I'm done in two months. Like <laughs> yeah. done, done. Like th- this is not going to happen. And I, I just remember thinking, I told her, I was like, this is, there's few moments in life where you have an opportunity when the world is freaking out, you can freak out with them or you can actually dive and create your own path. And I just told her, I was like, 
sorry, hon, I got to go work. Like, this is what we have to do. Yep. There's, there is no other option. Failure is not an option. Mm-hmm. You know, millions of dollars in debt, you know, hundreds of residents, they're freaking out too. They're not knowing if they're going to have a job. Um, they don't know if they need to keep onto those funds. So I was telling the story last night, we had our property management team over and I said during that time, cause they were talking about COVID residents, et cetera. I said, we gave away like $17,000 of gift cards for people that paid rent on time. Selfishly for me, I, I assumed it would come back. Do you, how do you attract something with honey or vinegar? Well, you could either say, Hey guys, we can't do maintenance requests because sorry, COVID, you can make that excuse. We're not going to take care of you. Or you can say, Hey, we're going to go above and beyond and we're going to try to get your service. And as you reciprocate, hopefully you're paying rent as well. So that's really cool that you guys kept the classes open because honestly, people needed it. Uh, I stopped going to the gym during that time and I gained 40 pounds, like just like that. It's amazing what, you know, an afternoon drink and burritos do to you and DoorDash, <laughs> like when it was invented. So it's uh, it's really cool that you guys kept open because people needed that. Well, and then for like a year and a half, that was literally people would work because everyone's working from home. So it's work from home go to the store, cycle bar. Those are the three places they went. I was like, cool. Like, yeah. The is- amount of people today who still thank us for staying open. Cause we also have a huge, um, nurse and like doctor demo that work out with us. And obviously that was a really stressful time for everyone. And they literally said like, this is the thing that's keeping me sane. So I also think it was important for everyone that we stayed open. Cause we all needed it mentally and physically. Should, yeah. You, that's why you should open the second one near the med center. <laughs> there's, a, there's, I'm going for downtown, but Dwight hates that idea. We're in downtown. Close enough. I don't know. We live all the way out West, but I'm like a downtown person, obviously, because I'm from DC. And so I feel like there's so much development down there and it's like total opposite. Like we wouldn't cut into our current demo because we're all the way out West. I will say something that's very cool about our 400 plus members that we've built back up to now is uh, we have members that travel as far as Counter Bluffs, Plattsmith, Fremont and Blair. So, wow. It's, it's very, yeah, it's, uh, it's very, very tough to be like, let's open a second location when people are showing that they'll drive 20 to 30 minutes for us now. What's the max amount of members you guys think you could have? 600 shooting from the hip. It was kind of my, I think that's our max would be like 600, 650 just because we're a smaller studio. But do you have to wait for that figure to open the second or just other things? We'll talk offline. Fair (laughs) enough. Yeah. Um, so what, you know, a, a lot of people want to get into the fitness industry and it's just, it's just like there, there's a plumber that wants to start his own plumbing business. He maybe shouldn't have started his own plumbing business. Yeah. He maybe should have hitched his wagon still to a better plumbing w- business or, you know, been a, been a co-owner and yeah. d- dealt with an operator. It, who would you recommend to, to go on the fitness journey and who would you recommend to become a business owner? When, when do you think that person should switch from they're in their passion to being the boss of their passion and starting it because they're two very different things. My answer to that is being very self-aware because I'm not sure if it's Gary V or Alex Ramosi who talks about it, but some people are not meant to be number ones. And that is mm-hmm. totally okay because you know what? The number 30 guy at Apple has a shit ton of money. So it is being self-aware to realize when you need help asking for it. And then if you do become that number one or that leader and it just isn't working, cut your losses. And like you, with the plumber example, go back and be the best plumber on someone's team and get compensated appropriately for it. Cause I think that's where a lot of people fail is they'll be like, I can do this. I'm the expert, but then they just do not take help from anyone. And they are not meant to run that business. They should be like, the top dog underneath someone else. That's my two cents. What are some questions you would ask then to be self-aware? That's a, that's a great question. I've actually never 
Never thought about that. I mean, I think it's a lot of like being honest about like your leadership skills and stuff like that. Cause I was someone who just loved teaching. And then I was like, Oh my God, I want to open my own studio. And now five years in, I'm like, you have to be so mentally tough because like the shit that we've had to do our shit stuff that I never had to do before. And if I didn't have a partner, there was no way I'd be able to do it. Like we had to fight the plumbing board on our bathrooms. And then we've had issues with members where we've had to break up with members. We've had staffing issues. So it's like, you can have this idea of like, oh my God, I love what I do. I want to open my own and be my own boss. But at the end of the day, what you have to remember is there's no off switch. Mm-mm. I think for a self, no tr- you don't, oh, no. you're in trouble. Oh, an employee's mad at you. You can't go to someone else. Like that's on you. And you think about it all the all time. The time. Yeah. Like yes. there is yeah. no off switch. Like you cannot just go home and be like, okay, cool. I'm not going to think about my job. So I think that's the biggest thing for me is like, it's great and all to be your own boss and I wouldn't change a thing, but you have to be willing to just think about it 24 seven and have it impact your life in like so many ways. But what drives me is the human connection and how we're changing people's lives and how I'm passionate about what we do. And the money is like second to it. If I was money driven, I probably would have given up three years ago. It's too hard. It's too hard to, you have to like what you're doing if you're an entrepreneur like that, because you could, you can make a lot of money and be miserable. Yeah. There's not enough stuff you can buy or stuff that would make you happy to replace all the stress and all the pain that you go through. There (laughs) has to be something else. Yeah. Like when I think about it, we, we didn't take a dollar from our business for three years, for three years, you know, I drained my 401k savings. I I downsized houses. Like I I just did it all like, okay, like this, this is what we're doing. But you meet people along the way. And I think that's, that's something really special about it. Like I have a whole new circle and sphere of people that have just like lifted me up that I've learned so many things from them because there are also business entrepreneurs they are highly successful individuals. And those are the things that drive you. And then once you start having children, you just want to be that good example. And it's, it's almost like that, that fear of failure because you, you, you do fail all the time in business. Like anybody that says they don't fail, like, dude, every day is a failure. Yeah. <laughs> every day I can mark something on the list. Well, that up. This sucks, but it's, it's also the wins that just make it so worth it. And the impact that you have, I mean, when you have employees tell you, Hey, this is like, this job has impacted me more than anything. When you have, you know, I had a resident send me a letter. Uh, I, I gave out, um, free rent for a month. And the lady said, she sent me a letter, handwritten letter. She said, this is the nicest thing that anybody's ever done for me ever. Wow. Like, that, that, that makes a difference. A that makes a difference. Yeah. And once you become a business owner, you have more power to do so. Um, once again, as we were talking about, it's okay to be a number two, but if you want to become an entrepreneur in business, you now have a lot of responsibilities, but you also have a lot of power to empower people and to help them. You know, I think about all of our employees, our contractors. I mean, we're housing 2,700 families, you know, probably a hundred contractors. I mean, some of them making six figures from us. We've had, you know, accounting firms, law firms having to add staff because of our business. That's really cool. Like we're not just affecting our family. We're affecting all sorts of people's families in in an impactful, positive way. Absolutely. Great power comes great responsibility. So it's like using that power. Yeah. Um, Did you find uh, with, with, you know, downsizing and all that, that you shifted who you surrounded yourself with? Cause that's something I think that we've learned is, the group that you surround yourself with is 
the level that you kind of rise or fall to. So it was, it's very interesting to see as you get older, I think you're naturally, your friend group just shrinks, but to see the friend group transform to the people that when we have conversations, it's a lot of business oriented yeah. as opposed to like people that are still stu- stuck. Yeah. Still yeah. stuck in like the drinking going out Friday, Saturday night. Like, and if that's people's prerogative, like there's nothing wrong with that, but it's just like, I'm not here to, t- we don't have kids. I don't want to like not talking about kids, not just getting shit face to get shit face. Like I want to go out and talk business for an hour and I'm like rejuvenated. So it's crazy to see how this circle evolves. It's the most commonly, you know, it's a phrase everybody knows, but it, I can't every day. It's just so clear how obvious it is, is that your network is your net worth. Like, yep. yeah. and as an entrepreneur, you meet so many cool people who are driven like you. I think a couple of things you may have sold yourself short on that. I think any entrepreneur needs to get used to, or a skill set they need to be good at. They're going to be successful is you have to be willing to take risk yeah. and yeah. not know what the hell's going to happen next. <laughs> And you want to be able to be rewarded for your hard work because a lot of times you can be in that job and you can be the best at your job, but there's only, there's that ceiling you keep hitting. Yep. And so I know that's what drove me out of being an employee. It wasn't so much like, I hate my boss or I hate the fact that I'm making a, a low percentage. It's like, I can work my ass off and make just a tad bit more than the, than the, the person next door to me. Like, this isn't worth my time, but also the risk. Mm-hmm. Like, we have no idea what's going to happen next. And that's that was a huge jump for you. You left D.C., well, Louisville. Yeah. But yeah. both pretty cool places uh, for a wrestler. <laughs> With long hair and a sweet <laughs> man bun. To, to, to start. I, I bet the wrestling community is pretty powerful down there, though. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. like, I was trained by the same guy that did, like, uh, train John Cena, CM Punk, Brock oh, Lesnar. Wow. So, um, very... The wrestling community is also very like different. Yeah, <laughs> let's get out without, of here. <laughs> without getting into details. Uh, you don't have to, we understand. But here's the thing though, like it's very clear, maybe, I don't know, I'm jumping to conclusions, but if you're willing to do the, some of the things you were doing, you had that kind of sparky um, uh, personality to where perhaps taking those risks would take place. DC, being surrounded by that weird drive, mm. that whole competitive ridiculousness, masters from Northwestern, like how easy would it be to fall into that typical white collar? Just yep. re- so, I mean, that's a huge I'm so kudos. glad she didn't. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. She took a big risk just uh, settling with this wrestler over here. I like that you say settling. <laughs> <laughs> I outkicked my coverage by a mile. No, yeah. So, 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 is this a video podcast? So, so we, we, all, we all did. We so, all did. So, yeah. so have we. Yeah. They, they married down. Yes. Sorry. hundred percent. I love you. Thanks, poor wives. poor wives. <laughs> But I think that's the thing is that we have to be willing to take these risks. Yeah. And that's a huge, I mean, that's, it's scary to a lot of people. I know a lot of people are very good at their job who just, they'd never break outside of that comfort. What so. our, uh, our LLC is called create your own luck LLC. Nice. But the other one we were going to go with was bet on yourself, nice. which I think just summarizes it perfectly. Yes. And they just got all of us bet on ourselves. So how did, how did you, cool. so how did you get there? Because it, it, me and Chris jumping into real estate, like we, we took like little pieces where we read books and we're like, uh, I'm going to open a home equity line of credit. Sorry, honey. I'm going to risk my house. and I'm going to go buy a duplex. I know nothing about real estate. I can't hang a light bulb. Like I can't do anything. I'm the least useful human being when it comes to home handy projects. Ask her. It's terrible. But, but I knew I was like, ah, I'm, I'm good with people. I have some management experience. I think I had to talk to other people and convince them to help me. Like, I mean, I can find contractors. I think I could lease and I'm really hardworking and I have a lot of energy. What were some of the characteristics that you found in your guys' self that like, you're like, okay, we can do this, even though we probably know very minimal about what a business consists of. 
Um, I would say we both knew we're like really hardworking. Yeah, like that's our, I got that from my parents and he got it from his parents as well. Like we knew that cycle bar said open with 400 members. We were going to open with 400 members. I think we, they said 300 and, and then we, we were out like, there no, we're like, more than that. Yeah, yeah, we were out there every weekend at farmer's markets doing everything we could. Calls, um, and from day one, I think like, I knew that about you, that it was like, failure is not an option. Like we're just going to do whatever we can to, uh, make ourselves successful. And for me, having my parents like on the line was a huge fire under my ass. Like mm -hmm. my biggest goal in life is to make them proud. And I don't want them to be homeless because I risked everything to open a business. So I was like, well, we can't fail. So we just have to keep working. Yeah. Like having, I don't know how people go into business by themselves. Like yeah. kudos to that, because I think having that person to lean up against, and we recently heard this on a podcast or something, but it's just like, what's your percentage? So like, depending how you, how are you feeling? So if she's at 15%, like, am I at 85? Like, can we build each other up? Cause we don't, it's not 50, 50. Some days you're going to be more than him, mm -hmm. vice versa. So it's making sure that we are there for each other. And I think that is something huge. And then on like the flip side, I'm going to give a shout out to uh, Rebecca Campbell, our lead instructor, who's been with us since day one. And she has been, we called herself the triad because she was the third piece of the puzzle that really brought us together to help recruit talent, develop talent. So finding like-minded people that can help you. Then. I think it's what you said is if you're not good at something, find someone who is good at it. So like Rebecca has a ton of HR and leadership experience. So it was like, okay, cool. We lack that, but she has a ton of it. Um, I am the biggest introvert and Dwight's a huge extrovert. So it was like, okay, I know that he'll be really good at the sales part and I'm really good at the marketing part. And so it's like, if you're not good at something, find someone who can supplement that part of it. Yeah. I think so many people try to just like dig their heels in and just learn it and learn it and learn it. And they don't learn it and they fail because they spend, it's the 80, 20 rule. Yep. They spent 80% of the time on what produces 20% of the results when they could offshoot it to somebody else, pay a little bit of salary and go into their zone and exponentially grow up the business. It's a, uh, yeah. I mean, we've had to learn this multiple times. I mean, we start getting stuck and we get stuck. Then we hired the right person. All of a sudden, wow, where we have this huge weight lifted off of our shoulder. I mean, once, I mean, I hired an executive assistant recently and it's just, my life is different. Like it's an extension of me in a bit. She's got these abilities to note, take, to stay organized, former teacher, just all these different skill sets that I don't have or the patience for. She's patient. I'm not, I need things done now. She's calm. You know, she's calm on the phone. I'm a little bit more, you know, banging my fist down. Like when's <laughs> this going to get done? She is very much yin and yang, but has the ability to think and drive similar to me. It's just so huge. Me yeah. and Chris are exactly, we have the same vision. We have the same goal. Like that, I think that's what, how we became partners. It's like, okay, you, you have a young family. I have a young family. You're incredibly hardworking. I'm incredibly hardworking. You're incredibly good looking. You're incredibly good looking. Oh, thank you. Usually they're just talking about him. I'll stand up and, you know, it's uh, might change your opinion. Um, but really having the alignment of what the goal is, it, it doesn't matter if you're similar in personality, but you, you got to have that similar goal. Like if you're only, if you're a marathon runner and you start teaming up with a hundred meter dash, you, you guys aren't going to be good training partners. You're, you're training two completely different sports. But if you have the same, if you're a marathon runner and that's the same partner all the time, your goals are going to start to align, whether you train differently, whatever. But I, I've just found that so powerful having partner with, you know, kind of opposite skill sets. I heard that same podcast. I don't know if it was a real TikTok or whatever. But was it, it was Brandon like, Turner? No, it wasn't. You got to give a hundred. You don't go 50, 50. You got to give a hundred percent. It could have been applied. It could have been applied to a marriage, which this is, there's a question coming here. So, 
but the, the, the purpose of it was like come into the partnership, whatever it is and say, look, today I'm not at 50. Yep. Yep. I'm at 20 and I need you to bring 80 because I just really need this help. Um, so with that being, first off, I love that wherever we heard it, it was a marriage. We heard it yeah, together. Yeah. Uh, it's phenomenal. But it applies to business too. But what's so yeah. cool about it is that, and I'm, I'm not joking, is that you get to live slash learn that in a business and a marriage. I feel as though, and you might snicker at this because I'm sure there's been difficult days, but I would imagine it kind of strengthens a marriage because you're forced to get through so much stuff. Like if you, let's say I left the house this morning and I got in a little tiff with my wife. I come home, that tiff's still around. If you're, if you're running a business, you need to, you need to get through your shit so you can keep iron stuff out and keep yeah. it moving. Ironing, I, that I is, go ahead. Our communication has been like exceptional. So, yep. I'm sure. And it, it transforms into our marriage. Like we over communicate and it's so great for us because we always talk about how we're feeling and our visions aligned or how we handle things. And we get in obviously little things every day because I do different things. I view things differently than he does, but then we communicate about them right away. And so I think that's has been a huge strength in our marriage awesome. is that we've learned how to communicate and talk about everything and talk about where we're at and make sure we're still aligned in our vision and our goals. Um, I would say the hardest part is like, if you need a break, <laughs> yeah, if you have a fight with your business partner, you go home to your wife. Yeah. I have a fight with my business partner. I'm going home to my husband and she it's, can't. She can't like, about her business partner yeah, because then it's me. Turn it off and be like, okay, well now I'm not mad at you about cycle bar and we can be married. Like yeah. that's yeah. definitely the hardest that's part, fair. but that's fair. I, like the romantic side of things, that's the hard, to, like there's no on and off switch to be like, all right, business owners off. Yeah. Let's like cuddle on the couch and yeah. get romantic. Like, that's like the hardest part too, which is good and bad because we talk and think about cycle bar so much, which means we love what we do, but it's just like, sometimes just like just brain shut off. So that's we can fair. like, it's tough. Do you have yeah. kids? No. Okay. Yeah. So then I, I would, I would imagine somewhat the same. I mean, when you're chasing around kids all the time and there's poop on the ground, you're trying to get them fed and stuff. It's really difficult. Is that the kids like, poop or your cuddle. poop? Sometimes it's my <laughs> poop. Depends. Sometimes it's mine. I've been trying to, I've been trying to do these burpees while I'm sitting down. Like, yeah, it's just really <laughs> difficult for me. Uh, but I can imagine that uh, it'd be nice to have a disconnect too. So I guess there's a pro and a, a con. Pro and a con. Yes. Yeah, yeah. We've got Most two, of pros. We got two dogs and a cat. And one of the uh, dogs, uh, Chipper, is the studio dog. He's been yes. there since a puppy. He's three years old now. And he's probably the reason that like two of those 400, 200 of those 400 members show up. That's regularly. cool. Does he stay 100%. there? Oh yeah. He's there well, for every shift and our members. He know still him. sleeps at home, but comes he, with yeah, us like he, 80% he of the time. He literally lives with us. He goes everywhere with us. I'm surprised he's not here today. <laughs> you should have brought him. Yeah, I know. He would have barked at you. Yeah, he's, he's a genius. Not, he's a genius. We'll like, brag about we have four, four. Four. So, so are my children. So are my children. Don't worry. So, the fact that he's, and he's the cutest dog ever, right? So we're beautiful since birth. We're highlighting that he senses evil because they said they said he would have barked at you and he's a genius. No, maybe we were communicating together. So here's how crazy smart he is. We have 400 members. If the 36 members in a class, if there's one new person, 35 people walk the door, he'll greet them, let them pet them. The fucking one person that's not a member, he'll bark at them. Like, <laughs> yeah. He's not the most welcoming, like but he knows that, if you're the not The fact a that member. he knows this is your first time in his space, it's like, dude, how do you remember all He's this? like, have you paid? Have yeah. you paid? <laughs> <laughs> like up if we put the And then the, when they the sign up for a membership, him. he's like, totally fine. He's, he's like, great, good. we're good now. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> What's uh? What's, what's like an unexpected outcome of starting a business? You, you get into it because you got big dreams. You want to be a business owner. You want to be your own boss. I mean, you have big dreams of then making money, having these freedoms. What's like an unexpected outcome or a result that you guys have found? I, I would say it's the, the, the friendships that we've created 
because at our wedding, we, we had a small wedding, like 70 people. I'd say like 20 of them were cycle bar people that we had cool. met, which is insane. Cool. But then also this is probably going to be your answer too, but seeing not only the friendships we created, but the friendships that those other people have created, like that are hanging out on the weekend and going back to the Island of Misfit Toys. It's like now giving people the opportunity to connect and meet new friends and then seeing them hang out outside the studio has been something that I did not expect. Maybe like I knew it was going to happen, but to actually see it's like, wow, this is awesome. That is cool. Yeah. I would agree with the community. Like we opened cycle bar. Like, like I said, it changed my life. So I opened it to change other people's lives, but then I didn't realize that opening our own would then change my life even more just because of the people. Like as an introvert, I'm always like, Oh, I don't need more friends. Like I have my little friend group, but then like suddenly 400 people have like totally changed my life. Um, and so that was unexpected. Um, and also I think that being an entrepreneur is the greatest like personal development journey you can ever go on. So thinking of me five years ago is like not the person I am today. So I didn't expect so much personal development. Mm. Yeah. What's, uh, some of the hard stuff still, you don't have to get into as detail, but I think every obstacle still it's getting better, but in the beginning, like every little obstacle felt like the end of the world. So like when the plumbing board said, rejected our designs and said, nope, you need five bathrooms, but our space literally wouldn't fit it. And we had to go fight the plumbing board. Like I remember crying like endlessly because I was like, we're going to have to find a new space and this isn't going to work. And I thought it was the end of the world. Five years later, when we run into little hiccups, I've gotten so much better at knowing like it's a growth opportunity. It's not an obstacle, but it still feels like pretty terrible. Well, that's that, what you said earlier, you're not willing to quit. Yeah. Yeah. I would say, yeah. She calls me a unicorn. I'm just like, I'm just like, he doesn't have bad hard. days. He doesn't have, he doesn't think anything's hard. He's really? always at, when we go, Hey, what's your percentage? He's always on oh, 50% or above. <laughs> you know what? I'm like, I, great. I, I, okay. I, I, I'm at, I, didn't, I didn't want to come on here and brag about myself. My senior, my <laughs> senior year of high school, I was voted most optimistic in my class and we had over 300 people in my graduating class. So nice. to toot it's my own horn true. Like he always has such a positive it's attitude, which is a good balance. It's important. It's, yeah. it's important. If it, you can turn any situation into either, oh, this is a worth thing. Or as you said, it's a growth opportunity yep. because then it prepares you for the hard things in life. Cause regardless, like I've had hard things, but I think there's much harder things that could happen in my life, mm -hmm. but I've experienced a lot of hard, difficult decisions. And now I experience them on a daily basis. When something does come up, it's not the end of the world. Like I, I can't remember what happened the other day. Like something happened to my car, this kid sick, this, this, this. And for most people, they would call into work and it'd be a three day fiasco. And yeah. for me, it was like, a 15 minute FU session. And then, all right, on with my day, but you it's don't have time to wallow. Don't yeah, have time to wallow. Yeah. I, I, I mean, they talk about, you know, during, you know, wars, like depression was lower. I don't know if that's true, but it's because there was real problems in front of you. You're not making, making up problems. You know, there's all these self-induced problems. Oh, poor me. Oh, Eeyore. Like I am sad. I what like was that me? real problems. Like a hard problem for us is, okay. We just saw four member cancellations come in 24 hours. I'm like, okay, the ball's rolling downhill. But like you said, there's people at war. There's people that don't have a roof over their head. So I know it sounds cliche, but putting shit into perspective, like yeah. my life's not that hard or my problems aren't that hard to compare to other people. So I can either sit here and have a pity party for myself or I can just get done. Yeah, mm -hmm. but like, everything you say from now on, I got to take a grain of salt because you're the most optimistic person ever. So, <laughs> so of course everything's just hunky-dory. Yeah. <laughs> All the time. I mean, you know, there's that study, you talk to two plants and you you say nice things to the plant and then you start yelling at the other plant. Ah, yeah. One That's, of the plants will grow and flourish, the other one will actually die and wither. Have yeah. you been talking to all of our plants? Is that <laughs> no, 
we have one plant and she's thriving. So clearly Susan is thriving. Susan <laughs> was a plant that her father got us when we first opened the and she was opened, like it was this delivered. tall. She's yeah. now in our bedroom, been repotted like four times and like this tall. That's so cool. if Su- Susan dies, the business dies. So <laughs> I have been that. working yeah. really hard to keep her alive pretty much <laughs> that's who you've been whispering at in the middle of the night yeah i love you, I love you susan. yeah she can't die susan don't die yeah. um you guys talked a lot about marketing we're gonna get wrapped in this up but I, i'm just curious since you're in a franchise model they give you kind of the marketing like here you go here's your blanket statement no 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 okay so like what do you guys do for marketing then or what's um what's your like top trick or best piece of advice for marketing Um, well, I would say it is make it personal. So corporate does provide us with like generic images and they're like, post this today. And that would not resonate with our members. Like they want to see themselves. They want to see our community on our page. So I do all of our own content rather than just posting what corporate tells us to post because people want to see the actual studio. They don't want to see a corporate studio. So that was a huge thing for us was like making all of our own content. Um, we recently got on TikTok, which has been huge for us, which is crazy. So um, I've been diving a lot into TikTok as well and just being creative and like trying to think about your core demo. What questions do they have about cycling and then answer them in your content or like, what do people want to know about it? And just answer those questions. So being really intentional, I think with our marketing has been super beneficial. And not being afraid to trial and error too. Just yes. like, just do it. And if yeah. it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We try something different. Yeah. You only get three likes. It's okay. It's, yeah. No, yeah nobody's going to care. Else, right. Nobody's going to care. That's probably yes. tough as an introvert too, to get all up into social media and try to hype up the gym. And I like it cause I'm like behind the camera. That's so I'm fair. like taking video and then I go to my computer and I like put it all up. So it's not like Dwight is the salesperson. So if we have a new member, he's the one selling them on the membership. And I'm just like, let me just hype up our product. Yeah. It's funny. I'll, I'll make posts or videos and it's more like a generic one that I've had somebody do. And it's like, Oh, like 15 likes. And then I do something that has like some personal touches to it. And 100%. it's like, it's like 20,000 views or something like that. And yeah. it's significantly more just from like giving that little piece of advice. Cause pe- people want to feel connected. They want to relate to you mm-hmm. and they just want to have those things that they know that it's not, they're not being sold. Yes. The, the burpees 100%. on the crapper video that you post here in a couple <laughs> it's, weeks. It's going to be great, man. Yeah. Up. yeah but not being sold. <laughs> nice. But not being sold is like she said, I'm the salesperson. I'm, I just present you with the options. If you don't want to join, like I want you to find uh, Alex. Mosey. I just want you to make a decision. If it's here. Awesome. We're going to make sure you have the best damn time possible. But if it's not here, that's fine. I just want you to make a decision instead of you just twiddling your thumbs and be like indecisive. Yeah. 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 Tell, tell them why it's right. And if, if they listen, listen, if they don't, they it's don't. not sales, it's service. Yeah. 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 When I talk to any sellers of properties, it's, or people that want to buy or anything like that, if they want to buy one of my properties, I'm like, guys, I'm going to tell you the absolute truth on it. And I will also help you if you want to look at other properties as well. Like, cause that's what I'm here for because it ends up coming around at some point or like a seller. They're just like, Hey, what do you think about this? I'm like, I'm going to be honest with you. This, 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 this. And that's okay. But I may have somebody that fits your buy box even better than me because at the end of the day, it really does come around. If you help that person, even if they come in a cycle bar, they try it. They're like, yeah, but you know, I live too far away. This isn't going to work, but I had the greatest experience. And you say, okay, I encourage you to do this, this, this. Eventually they're going to move and they're going to come to cycle bar or they're going to tell their friends about it just from that one interaction. So I think that's so powerful. Yeah. Honesty is the best policy on that. I mean, Mm -hmm. yeah, we'll do that if 
we always ask how often do you think you would ride? And if someone's like, honestly, I live too far. I don't think I would ride very often. Like Dwight is really good about being like, okay, cool. Then we're not the right fit, you know, because why would you try to sell someone and then they don't use it and then they have a bad taste in their And then they'll be resentful for it. Yeah. When I was in the beer industry, that's like, they tried to get me to sell like a new beer to, you know, the bar to put it on tap. And then bar owner like what do you think of this i'm like honestly it sucks like why <laughs> and i'd be like but why am i going to trick you into putting this on tap then it's not going to sell then you're going to think i'm a head so it's like same yeah. thing like hey this is what i can provide but we're not crossfit so if you describe what you want to do and it's more crossfit ask him like here's what i can do for you but it sounds like this might be more beneficial maybe you can do both but again i'm not going to sell you i'm going to say here's the details here are the facts you make the decision. Well, especially if you're building that community, you want someone who's going to be trustworthy and like gel off of that honesty. Yeah. So you don't want someone to buy in and then find out it was all a big ruse. Yeah. 100%. All right, guys. This is a segment that we call the final three with CNC. We ask you final three questions from Chris and Colin. Chris, lead us off. What do you got, buddy? Yeah, this is a fun one to ask because we've never had a married couple on. What's the number one lesson you feel like you've learned from business that is applicable to your marriage? Listen. Because from a business perspective, I want to listen and be able to meet your needs from my wife. She's laughing because she's like, you suck at this, but I'm trying. Listen so I can meet your needs. So I'll say listen. That's great. That's great. This is your lesson. So I, I, I do want to say something to that because I, I 100% agree. Uh, I don't listen to what Colin says. No, but, very rarely. Uh, um, the, the, That's I'll, why I speak loudly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a book that I read by an author named Dr. Becky. It's a kid's book. But the, what's so cool about it, it's applicable to your marriage. And so there's a saying that like, just listen to your kids. It, you, you're still calling the shots. You're obviously the adult. You're, you need to protect them. But sometimes if you just listen to what they're going through, you mm-hmm. can help them. And Dr. Becky says, same same for your marriage. Like sometimes you're just like so clouded with, nah, but this is the right way if you just listen. So I'm sure that's awesome. That's that's great to hear. I appreciate it that you're trying. I am. <laughs> Throwing that out there. I yeah. am. That's why I said it. <laughs> I'm not perfect. As, like, as perfect as I came across this episode, I'm not perfect, guys. <laughs> but we still have a couple more minutes to change that. Yeah. So, no. Two um, more questions. Yeah. So Hold on. I, would you agree? Do you yeah, have, no, I think that's Okay. Great. I was yeah. like, I would agree point. that you're not perfect. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Far from it. No. Do you have anything to add, Emily, or no? No, I think listening and communication in general is mm-hmm. just essential. It's huge. I, I've noticed when Chris and I, there were like a, there's been like a few weeks or periods within our like partnership where we hadn't talked like regularly. Like we maybe missed a week or it's like five minutes here or it's just through text message. And literally everything starts getting choppy. Like we start missing things We're like, what's he doing? What am I doing? This, that, and the other. And it, and it just, it, it's also a level of accountability of just communication because it motivates you. You're doing this. Oh, cool. I'll work on this. How can I help you? How can I offset that? So mm-hmm. that's super important. Um, Yes. I, I always have to ask this question. Daily habits. What are some daily habits that you guys have? Um, I mean, I move my body every day and I also every day, every day. Cool. Yeah. I've, it's for my mental health. Like yeah. If I don't work out in the morning, it just sets me up for a crappy day. So whether it's cycle bar or literally just stretching in my basement or going for a walk with a dog, I think movement is essential to physical health, but also mental health. Um, and then another habit that I have is a so corny, but I have a gratitude practice and I do, it has helped shift my mental health as well because when I'm having bad days, I can easily call back all the things that I'm grateful for and I see it everywhere and it has just changed my mindset. Do you mind going through that a little bit? Our next guest is like, 
he's all about, he runs oh. gratitude meetings. So oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just curious. Cause I, I kind of do it mm-hmm. sometimes, but I know I'm not like practicing. Yeah, it. And you don't have to get too personal yeah. at all, but I'm actually just more curious about the structure and I'll, yes. and I'll tell you why, because I, I, I bought into this thing that I've been doing a very bad job of, but have you heard of Brendan Bruchard? Yes. Love him. Okay. So I don't necessarily follow him that to a T or mm-hmm. like I should perhaps, but I did buy his journals. Yep. And as part of it, you're supposed to write down things you're, you're happy for, or you're, you're grateful for. So I'm curious how you're, and that that's a, that's a beginning of the day type uh, task. How is it for you? Are you doing that? Or I heard you say that there, there might be something stressful you go through and you'll pause and you'll remember what you're grateful for. So I'm yep. curious how you're fitting it in. Yep. So I do it every morning. I'm, I'm, I'm a creature of habit. So I work out every morning. I make my coffee. I make the bed. I have to set my day up and then I sit down and I do my gratitude and it started similar. Like I would just list every day, five things I'm grateful for. But now that I'm really good at just seeing it everywhere, I just sit down and journal for five minutes about like kind of how I'm feeling, what I'm grateful for that happened yesterday, what I'm excited for that happens today. And it's just a good practice to get myself centered. And I write it down. I have a journal. Yep. And so like this morning I got really flustered (laughs) because I was having a hard time with a a reel and I took my dog for a walk and on the walk, I was like, just remember like the gratitude. And it's so silly, but it's like the, the day is beautiful. The sun is shining. And it really just snaps me out of that it's I was not in. corny. It, it's not. not corny. I, you know, yeah. I, I do. I do Wim Hof breathing every morning we and are stuff huge like. Wim Hof I take fans. cold showers for like the last four yeah. years. Dude, the, the cold plunge, the Wim Hof breathing. It's it, so true. It changes everything, yes. and, it, and it's almost a form of meditation, which then become you become thankful after. Like you're thankful to get out of the cold. Like it, honestly, like yeah. there's so many things that like wow, you feel so much better and produces all those endorphins. No, it's awesome. Yeah. Wim Hof, that's great. Uh, third question. So for any entrepreneur, it sounds like you're kind of into social, whether it's books and or Bernie Bouchard or a podcast, what would you, what's a suggestion you would give to somebody who's thinking about stepping out of their nine to five or their W2 as far as a source, what's a learning source, whether it's a book or an author or a life coach is, is there something that you can kind of look back on? And I'm sure there are a hundred of them because I know that's how it was for me, but is there, are there one or two that just stuck out, whether it's a book or a podcast or. For me, like I mentioned before, Blake and Audie, um, they're not in the same, they're not in fitness, but they're business owners. So for me personally, it was finding someone in a space so business that we were going into that I can use almost like a mentor. Um, if you don't have a mentor, I think the next best thing would be a podcast, YouTube videos. I watch a ton of those, whether it's a Ted talk, Alex Ramosi, Gary V there's probably lesser known people out there that can be more niche for what you're looking to do. But Having someone personal that you can bounce off just like we have the last hour, I think that is super huge to be able to, because if you watch a YouTube video, like I have all these questions, but then who do you go to with those questions? Like, let's be real. If you comment on them, they're probably not going to respond to you. So having some sort of mentor that you can go to and have a sounding board is, would be my advice. Great. Um, yeah, I'm a much more of a podcaster, so I'm obsessed with Ed Milet. I listen to all of his stuff and it's super motivational. Um, I think as a woman, it's been really hard for me. I don't have a lot of female entrepreneur friends or role models. So I definitely lean more into just like listening to podcasts. Um, but yeah, anything that just kind of like hypes you up and if you yeah. have any suggestions, do you listen please? to Cody Sanchez, Cody or, Sanchez. or follow her? She's no. good. Oh, she's a baller. Okay. She's uh, yeah. Like I watch her videos every day. She kind of, oh, cool. especially, I don't want to overgeneralize her and Dr. Speci- Becky. She, she should hang out with Dr. <laughs> Becky's legit. 
Uh, and it, my <laughs> wife, Shivani, got me on that. I mean, this is huge. It, it, Dr. Becky is awesome for any relationship. Uh, Cody Sanchez, I don't want to overgeneralize, but she, she specializes in purchasing businesses. Okay. But it's extremely entrepreneurial. It's nice. very motivating, and she's she's great. There you go. Yeah. I learned something new today. There we go. And Milet's awesome, too. Yeah, I love him. Awesome. Well, you, you didn't ask me about my daily habits, by the way. They know oh, what are your daily habits? You wake up and you're That's already right. smiling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she had so many of them. Yeah, what are your daily habits? One thing that I need Uses for a good day. the toilet. A good wipe. Morning poop with a good wipe. <laughs> you can cut that out. Just one? That's totally fine. I have a bidet. If you don't have a bidet, if you take anything from this podcast, is that if that camera's on, you go to Amazon and you get yourself a $40 bidet. And my man Colin over there, he's not handy. Even he could hook it up. Guys, I not only have a bidet at home, I have a bidet in my office. Should I'm telling you, bidet game changes. I, I promise you, you're a savage if you don't have a bidet. I'm Thank just you. saying. Thank you, you guys feel good if, being being uncomfortable? If you it's take gross. anything from the last hour, a life changer for forty dollars bidet. We should have started with that. Yeah, screw the gratitude. Did we, did we just become best friends? Screw the entrepreneurship. Get Dude, a fucking bidet. Well, you sit on it and you're grateful. Like I'm grateful. Yeah, I don't want, every yeah. day I'm grateful for that saving thing. the environment. When we go to her parents next week for a week and I don't have a bidet, guess what? They make a portable bidet. I will talk offline with you about that. in the bathroom with a spray bottle. It's pretty much what it is. It's fantastic. It's freaking ridiculous. No, that's not ridiculous. I like it. I'm glad I'm glad we got back to this. Now you can close this show. And this is why we don't have romance. Well, what what a way to end it. All right, Emily, Bud, the Iceman Dwight, uh, the Bidet Man Dwight. Bud, the Bidet Man Dwight. Thank you guys for being on. I really appreciate it. This was fun. Learned a lot. Um, You guys are super motivating. Great as a couple together. And this is a blast. So thank you. No, thank you. Thank Thank you, you guys. We'll see you tonight at 5.45 uh, p.m. for Throwback Thursday. I love it.